0: Hi, I'm Andrea Corona, Senior Editor for Pharma Manufacturing Magazine, and you're listening to a Special Solutions Spotlight Edition of Offscript, a pharma manufacturing podcast about what's happening behind the scenes in our magazine and what's trending in the drug industry. Joining me today to talk more about what's going on is Daniel Price, Director and Head of Excipients, Solid Applications at Millipore Sigma. Dan currently leads the solid formulation business for the company and has dedicated his career to help drive innovation in the fields of 3D printing, of oral solid dosage forms, next generation pharmaceutical manufacturing, oral delivery of novel modalities, and predictive formulation. Welcome, Dan.
1: Thanks, Andrea. Great to be here today. Thank you for the introduction.
0: Of course, we're very happy to have you. So we have a lot to cover today, so I'll go ahead and get started with the first question here. So I'm wondering, where do you see today's most pressing challenges in formulation?
1: Yeah, it's a good good question and an important one. I think perhaps a lot of people don't realize that formulation is one of the most crucial parts of the drug development process we have to be able to deliver the drug to the body in whatever dosage form will provide the best effect for that medication. So without formulation, we don't have a medicinal product. And as with other parts of the pharmaceutical development pipeline, formulation is under increasing pressures. So that's both time and cost. Pharmaceutical scientists, the people who develop formulations, are wanting to develop quickly formulations for clinical trials. At the same time, they have reduced resources or resource challenges. So it's all about developing the most cost-effective formulation as quickly as possible. Because the quicker that we can get a formulation into a human, the quicker we can know if it has a therapeutic effect. And ultimately, the quicker that that medication can make its way to patients and have a real impact in the world. So what's affecting these two parameters, time and cost? One of the biggest challenges in formulation development, especially of small molecules, which are orally delivered, is on the pharmaceutical or biopharmaceutical performance. So that means how well that formulation releases the molecule and how well that molecule passes from the gastrointestinal tract into the systemic circulation. And this process is reduced, it's less efficient, when the drug solubility is reduced. And what we've seen over the past decades is that solubility of drug molecules has been decreasing year on year on year. It's reported today that up to 90% of the drugs in the drug development pipeline are poorly soluble. So if you have poorly soluble drugs in your development pipeline, you're going to have to spend more time and more money in order to bring that drug to the clinic. The reason why solubility is an issue is because when you take the molecule, when you take the medicine, if you imagine, for example, an ibuprofen tablet, that ibuprofen tablet reaches your stomach, from the stomach it passes to the gastrointestinal tract, At that point, the drug needs to be released from the tablet into the gastrointestinal fluids. And then from here, it passes through the intestinal membrane and into the systemic circulation. Now, in order for this whole process to occur, the drug has to be soluble within the gastrointestinal tract. So if the drug isn't soluble, we have a big problem on our hands. And we have to invest time and money to develop formulations that overcome these issues. Another potential challenge in formulation is more downstream. So when we actually want to manufacture our drug, drugs are becoming less soluble, but they're also becoming more challenging to work with. That means that they're not flowing very well, that they don't compress into a tablet very easily. Maybe they have some unreliable structures, different crystal structures, for example. And this can really add a lot of time and cost in the development of a manufacturing process. So I would say those are the two biggest challenges that we currently face in formulation of small molecules. Solubility, and then on the other side, processability.
0: Can you tell me more about how these challenges are typically addressed? Do you see any specific trends or common approaches to overcoming these challenges?
1: Absolutely. So let me start with solubility. This has been an active, an extremely active area of the scientific literature for the past decade. Scientists across the world and academic institutions and pharma companies and life science companies like ours have been working to develop approaches that can enhance solubility. And broadly speaking, these two approaches can be grouped into two different categories. On the one hand, we have chemical modification of the API. This means we take the drug that has low solubility and we actually change the chemical structure of the API. So we might add a A polar group to make the molecule more polar. We might synthesize a salt version of the drug to increase solubility that way, or we might use something like a prodrug. And a prodrug is basically where you tag on an additional part of the molecule that is ultimately improving the solubility. But then when the drug is absorbed, that prodrug is uh, cleaved, so it's usually an ester, and then you reveal the original drug, so sometimes called Trojan horse drug delivery, because that drug component is not actually part of the molecule, but it's just there to enhance the solubility. So those are broadly speaking the chemical approaches to solubility. Now the problem is, more often than not, when a, when a medicinal chemist has developed a molecule, it's been fine-tuned over various iterations to have the most effective interaction with its site of action. So, you know, the whole dogma of pharmaceuticals is that you develop a molecule, that molecule interacts with a biological site of action, and in that interaction, you get some sort of positive biological effect that hopefully can alleviate the symptom or the disease or the condition that you were trying to treat. So you've developed a molecule to perform this function, to interact with a biological target. If you now all of a sudden say, okay, we need to add on a group here, we need to turn this into a salt, we need to make this a pro drug, then you run the risk of basically losing out on all of that very strong interaction that you've built into that molecule. And so simply put, chemical modification sometimes is simply not an option. And that's where we turn to formulation approaches. Now there are a wide array of different formulation approaches. You can change the solid state tr- structure of the molecule. So you can formulate what we call an amorphous form of a molecule. In the amorphous form, you have no crystal structure, and because you have no crystal structure, you have a much higher solubility. Or you can use things such as dissolution enhancement aids. So these are things such as surfactants. So poloxamer here is a great example of a dissolution aid. These molecules basically make the dissolution more favorable. And if you make the dissolution more favorable, you have a quicker dissolution and therefore you address your low solubility. Then there are approaches such as lipid formulations. This is where you use hydrophobic lipids to solubilize hydrophobic molecules. And then also we see some advances in um, porous carriers. So specifically mesoporous silica has been used as a really powerful technology. And essentially how a mesoporous silica functions is it absorbs exactly like a sponge those very crystalline and poorly soluble molecules into its structure. And inside the structure of the silica, you get a stabilization of the amorphous form. And this amorphous form is substantially more soluble. So for the solubility challenge, I'd say chemical and formulation approaches, more common than not, we use formulation approaches. And of those, mesoporous silica is a great option for that purpose. But mesoporous silica can also be used to address the second challenge that I discussed in formulation development, and that is in processability, and so specifically here we're talking about crystal structure. So one of the big challenges in development of small molecules is that you change the chemistry, you change the synthesis at every single stage. So you start with one synthetic route in preclinical trials in MedChem, then you have a different synthetic route when you do your pilot um, pilot batch for your clinical trials. And then finally, when you get to commercial manufacturing, you need to totally change the chemical synthesis again to make it economical, et cetera. And so at all of these different changes, you can introduce changes into your molecule. And one of the changes that we see is in the crystal structure. So depending on your synthesis, you might get a different crystal structure. And if your crystal structure is different, you might get a totally different performance. This is called polymorph variation. And polymorph variation is something that is really challenging to deal with in drug development. Now, what we have demonstrated in our organization is that mesoporosilicus can be used to de-risk this entire process. So you don't have to worry about what crystal structure you're going to get outside of your medchem batch, out of your production batch, out of your clinical batch, because you take that molecule and you load that molecule again in the exact same way, like a molecular sponge, the mesoporous silica takes up that molecule and it homogenizes the structure. It means you have the same structure every single time, and that allows you the possibility of developing a platform whereby you don't have to worry about polymorphism-related changes. So lots of information shared there, but broadly, chemical approaches for solubility, formulation approaches for solubility, and porous silica approaches to de-risk poor processability related to polymorphism.
0: In general, how important are functional excipients? What value do platform solutions bring? Yeah, I think
1: I think the last answer basically also answers this one. Uh, functional excipients allow us to solve problems that basic excipients do not allow us to solve. You know, with mesoporous silica, that is a functional excipient. It has a function that it brings to your formulation. You can use it to enhance solubility, to stabilize the amorphous form, Or you can use it to de-risk drug development by homogenizing a particle property and of course we have several functional excipients available on the market and in our organization and each one of those functional excipients it sounds silly to say performs a function and that can range from solubility enhancements that can be dissolution enhancements that could be as a sweetener for example a high intensity sweetener it could be to aid in the manufacturing of tablets as a tableting aid. So all of these excipients provide value. They make the formulation development process easier, more cost-effective, and ultimately, they allow more cost-effective medications to be delivered to patients quicker.
0: Can you tell us about a platform solution or technology that you see as beneficial and effective? How does it help to improve efficiency in formulation development and bring products to market?
1: Yeah, so I'll expand upon the information about polymorphism for this question. I said, if you have a different crystal structure, you have big problems because your molecule will behave differently. Uh, we demonstrated that mesoporous silica, and in particular our product Partic SLC, can be used to homogenize particle properties and therefore reduce the risk of these polymorphism-related changes. So this has a lot of power, potentially, because if you know that you're going to get the same chemical uh, physical structure every single time for your molecule, you don't have to worry about changes in polymorphism. But we believe it goes beyond even this, because if you take a molecule and you load it onto particle SLC, if you absorb that molecule within the porous silica, and again, think about a sponge. You take the molecule, you dissolve it, you add this solution to your particle SLC, it absorbs the solution, and your drug is essentially trapped inside that porous carrier. Now, what's really powerful about this is it doesn't matter what your molecule looks like. The end product looks the same because you take your molecule, you absorb it onto silica, and the end result is the drug-loaded silica. And what we've demonstrated now quite extensively is that you can take molecules with substantially differing properties, different molecular weights, different hydrophobicity, different PKA, and you can load that molecule onto Partic SLC, and you will get the same solid state every single time. So not only does this provide the opportunity to reduce the risk of polymorphism, it actually provides the opportunity to have a platform-based formulation approach. It doesn't matter what your drug looks like, you will be able to load it onto Partic SLC, and you'll be able to develop the same formulation every single time, and here I'd like to loop back to the the first question, what are the two biggest pressures in formulation development, time and money? If you can develop a platform formulation, you save time, you save money, you get to clinic much more quickly.
0: So how can this technology be used from preclinical to commercial?
1: I think that's one of the great things about this approach, because it allows you to implement the technology as early as preclinical development. So as soon as you're doing pre-formulation development, for for example, uh, animal trials, you can use this technology. And you know that this technology will go with you from preclinical to phase one, to phase two, to phase three, because you get the same drug product every time. And as I said, with a platform approach, you don't have to go and change the formulation at every single stage. So it really can go with you from preclinical all the way to market. So another important consideration here is, how do we actually do this process? you know, from a, from a production perspective. And what we can say is the loading of these drugs onto Partic SLC is fully scalable from the smaller scale in the lab, all the way to large scale productions in 150 kilo batches ready
0: for commercial manufacturing. In general, what are the expectations to an excipient supplier and how would you define the role from your perspective?
1: Yeah, so our role as a partner, um, you know, we don't like the customer-supplier dynamic. We are a partner. We exist to support the drug development process. As much as it's the mission of our customers to bring their products to the market to provide benefit to patients, that is exactly what we want to support as well. We want to provide the technologies, the products, and the quality needed to bring drug products to the market. And so there are lots of different considerations when you consider that dynamic we need to provide excipients that are of the highest possible quality. Here we have our flagship improved branding, and this is where we provide extensive documentation to support our customers in all of their regulatory filings and quality considerations. So quality and regulatory compliance is a very important part of our offer. Also reliability. When our products are being used in life-saving medications, we need to deliver on time and with sufficient reliability, and that's something we take very seriously. And then the final part I'd say here is really innovation. So in pharmaceutical manufacturing companies, they're busy figuring out what molecules can be used to treat diseases, and they don't necessarily have the resources to develop new excipients, to develop new formulation technologies. And so that's our role in this dynamic. We wanna develop new technologies that can provide value in the formulation development process. So it's quality, it's reliability, and it's really a partner in innovation.
0: So how can excipient suppliers and pharma manufacturers work together to support a more efficient and successful drug development process?
1: I think the key here is openness. Again, when we view each other as partners, we're more willing to work together. And there are lots of different ways that pharma manufacturers and excipient suppliers can work together. For example, in our organization, we offer an application service lab network. So we have expert labs in Darmstadt, Germany, in Mumbai, in India, and in Shanghai in China. And these labs work hand-in-hand with pharmaceutical manufacturers to develop formulations, to troubleshoot problems with existing formulations, and to exchange on a high technical level. In addition, and I take Partic SLC as an example, when you get to commercial scale manufacturing, you need to be certain that this formulation technology will be scalable and manufacturable. And here is where we can also provide solutions with partners in CDMOs, that actually can manufacture the commercial product. So it goes all the way from early stage research all the way to commercial
0: scale production. So regulatory requirements and risk management are an additional challenge that drug developers are facing. Do you have an advice that you could share with us on how to navigate these?
1: Absolutely, and it's a crucial part of our relationship with our partners. We need to provide reliability and quality. Those are the two points that I mentioned earlier. And within our portfolio, the m program, as I mentioned, is a really robust and credible program that provides regulatory and quality documentation. So if you are a formulation scientist, if you are a colleague in QC or QA or regulatory sciences, you need to provide a vast amount of data to the regulatory authorities to satisfy them that the molecule is safe and effective and should be launched to market. Now, wouldn't it be nice if you could pull on these documents at a click of a button? And that's exactly the whole ethos of the m program. You can go on our websites, you can access the M-Proof suite, you can download all of the necessary documentation that you need to do your job, and your job is to bring life-saving medications to the market. In addition, we've seen huge shifts in digitalization and data, and what's also important is that we evolve alongside these shifts. And here, e-data becomes really important. So how can we share data seamlessly between one organization and another? And here, e-data is crucial. And so we're really working intensively to improve how we share data, how we can tap directly into our partner's systems and share the most important and relevant information seamlessly and quickly.
0: So what is the future of pharmaceutical formulation and manufacturing? What would you see as major issues and opportunities over the next few years?
1: It's a great question. And from my perspective, there are two major paradigm shifts on the horizon in the pharmaceutical industry. So I'll tackle one and then the next. So the first is all about how we manufacture. So historically, the way we manufacture uh, small molecule drug products is in batch processing. So we exactly as the name implies, you have a big, vessel you put everything in one vessel you mix it then you take it from one vessel to the next etc etc and it's it's a process that works but is inefficient and what we've seen is the rise of continuous manufacturing and as the name implies continuous manufacturing is not in batch but rather is a continuous process so you go from one unit operation to the next in a seamless transition without any downtime without any kind of transfer required and this improves efficiency, it reduces the footprint, so you need less of a manufacturing facility, and it's ultimately more cost-effective. And again, a link back to the main challenges we face in formulation development: time, money. Continuous manufacturing reduces the need for both. And so we are developing technologies, excipients, we are really creating thought leadership in how excipients will play a role in continuous manufacturing. Also, for manufacturing, 3D printing has the potential to be a huge game-changer. You may have read online, you know, this idea that one day we'll go into the pharmacy and we'll we'll have our medication printed for us on demand. And that may sound like science fiction, but within our lifetimes, that will be a reality. And we want to make sure that we provide the technical know-how, the technology, the excipients that will be used in that process. But 3D printing is already being used today. There are 3D printed drugs on the market. 3D printing has huge benefits in clinical trial development and supply, and again, can make things quicker and cheaper. So that was the first kind of paradigm shift that I think is on the horizon, changes in our manufacturing. The second paradigm shift that's coming our way is oral delivery of biologics, of novel modalities. The COVID pandemic basically thrust mRNA onto the scene, and mRNA is just one of the novel modalities or biologics that are really growing, double digits. You know, we're seeing more and more therapeutics on the market. The problem with these therapeutics is, as you know, you got your COVID vaccine, you go to the the doctor, you have to be at the doctor's facility, you need to get an injection, you need to go out, you need to wait 20 minutes to make sure everything's okay. You might have some pain, you might have some tiredness, you might have an immune response. You know, it's not the most ideal way to take a medication. We would all prefer it if we could take a pill at home safely, securely, and have the same effect as that injection. Now, today, this is not a reality. But again, within our lifetimes, we will be able to take these type of medicines by mouth with tablets. And we want to play a a crucial role in developing the technologies that will enable this process. So we are actively involved in understanding how these novel modalities and biologics will make the transition from parenteral application, needle, to solid application, tablet. And again, this is where the whole partnership ethos really comes into play. Working with academic organizations, working with pharmaceutical companies, we want to develop the technologies that will change pharmaceuticals.
0: Well, it sounds like you're definitely busy uh, doing that, and you have some very exciting things going on, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about them. So thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your insights with our audience.
1: Thanks a lot, Andrea. It was a pleasure to join you today.
0: Of course. And for our audience, this is Andrea Corona, and you've been listening to a special edition of Offscript, a pharma manufacturing podcast. Stay healthy and stay informed.